Today, I'm talking about death was arrested. How did you like that song right there? Uh, isn't that beautiful? Death was arrested. Arrested, that, that word means seized by legal authority and take into custody. How many of you have been arrested? Don't raise your hands. You re be scaring all of our guests, you know. In my B.C. days, B.C., before Christ, and B.B.D. days, before my brain was developed, <laughs> right? B.C., B.B.D., come on. Before 25 years old, uh, I was arrested uh, times, and so um, I want to talk to you about how death was arrested and what Jesus did. You know, when something's arrested or someone's arrested, it really has a way of bringing an, an, a, a stop uh, to an individual's life. I mean, things really begin to cease when someone is arrested. And so I probably should have been arrested more times or even wrote up for things, you know, like going to the, 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 the golf course, you know, the, the, the country club in the middle of the night and going swimming, all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, there was a lady, just heard this story this week. There was a lady who walked into her house and the man was standing there with an electric cord hanging from him. And the electric cord, she thought, was connected to the electric skillet because he was kind of moving around. And she's like, my, my husband, he's been shocked to death with the electric skillet. And she took a, a board and hit him with the board, actually broke his arm. And the cord was actually connected to a Walkman. And he was listening to music. He wasn't arrested by electricity at all. He was just listening to some music. Now, now I know some of you before, you know, under 40, you're like, what's a Walkman? <laughs> Who said that? Come on. Brother still got his. Walkman, you know, you can listen to music. Iggy, you can, you know, Walkman, you're, you're kind of young. No, you know what a Walkman is. You can listen to music like a little cassette maybe or what have you in there in any way. He wasn't being electrified. The electricity wasn't arresting him. He was just moving around to some probably disco music or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Would you pray with me as we talk about death was arrested? Father, we just thank you that you are here. Two or more are gathered you are in this place. We recognize that right now. I pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit. You would sweep through this place. Lord, bless those who are water baptized and they have received the newness of life. Bless them, bless them, bless them. I pray for everyone here that doesn't believe upon you and never been water baptized, never called you Lord and Savior, that you would arrest their lives today in a beautiful fashion. God, we just thank you for your presence and your beauty, and we say, have your way today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, why, why death was arrested? Why, why that subject? Well, because sin, when sin was released, death was unleashed. I want to talk to you about that today. When sin was released, death was unleashed in the very beginning of time when God began to create everything that's ever been, been created. He began to create man, etc. Death did not exist. Death was not God's first intention. God's first intention 
was life and always has been life. Listen to a few scriptures this morning. Genesis 1:20, just the beginning of that scripture. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Will you say that with me, living? living. He's about life. Genesis 1:24, A, it says this. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, living. Genesis 2, 7 when man, you and I were formed, or Adam and Adam was formed. Listen to this, uh, what, what it says. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Did you know that we're honestly just a bunch of dirt bags? <laughs> now, I, I know you're pretty today and you got your nice clothes on and Easter clothing and, you know, the peach and the baby blues and all that, right? But, but you're still a dirt bag. Come on. Just look at your neighbor and say, you are one nice dirt bag. <laughs> Look what God did. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of, life. come on, somebody say life. life. The breath of life and man became a living being. God is about life. Listen, God is all about living. Matthew 22 32 says, I am the God of Abraham, the, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. John 10, 10, Jesus said this, code red, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Come on, how many of you can stand a little bit more of abundant life in your life today? Come on. That abundant is a sense of Beyond. That abundant is a super abundant in quantity. It's the superior in quality. Super superior beyond life is what Jesus wants you to experience. God is the author of life. Well, Jail, what happened? God's all about life. <laughs> Have you seen the news? God's all about life. You know, what is it, what's going on with all this death? If God is all about life, why does 151,600 people die every day? Why does 6,316 people die every hour? Why is it that 105 people die every minute and almost two people die every second. And while we're in this gathering, over 4,000 people will die. One day, that's going to be you and I. We don't like to discuss that, but it's very, very true. Why does people die? What, what, what happened? Well, there's a God, but there's also an enemy. There's also this one that's not a fairy tale. It's not Walt Disney. There's an enemy called Lucifer Satan, serpent, the devil. He has a very, very tight agenda, and he's good at what he does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you didn't know that, I pray that, listen to me real good, don't get offended at me. You need to pull your head out of the sand and understand what the agenda is and what we really face on 
earth. Lucifer, where'd he come from? Well, he was a created being that in Isaiah, he said this. He says, I will be like the most high. And God's like, mm, no, you ain't. I'm, God's probably not Southern. I don't know for sure. I don't know if he says ain't, but he can. Back to creation, Adam and Eve is in this beautiful garden. God gave them everything. Imagine being in this garden. He created all the animals for them and all the, 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 the grass and all the trees and the sun and the galaxies. I mean, I heard, I heard that there's like trillions of galaxies. He's created it all for Adam and Eve. And it says this. It says, Genesis 2.25 and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Think about that for a minute. There was no shame. Zero. There was no guilt or condemnation. Why? Because there was no sin. And because there was no sin, there was no death. Wow. You're talking about a positive place. I mean, this place is paradise. The garden. Jail, how about death, though? I mean, talking about arrested death. Listen to this scripture, Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, uh, freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely Wow. Want to know where death came from? We're beginning to tap into it right now and right here, all of a sudden, Genesis 3, there is a serpent. Guess who that is? Lucifer. He's a talking serpent. And he begins to talk to Eve about this. He says two very important things that cast doubt and he lies. He says this, the first question he says, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Just like a question of authority and a question of confusion. And then the second thing he does is he lies. The Bible says he's a liar and the father of lies. And it says this, here's the lie. You will not surely die. Eve listened to the lie, and she ate and also gave it to her husband, Adam, and they ate together, and it's the very first time human had sin. We think maybe sin is something, you know, like a mass shooting or someone that's done heroin for 30 years, and those things are sin, but sin is actually this, just you miss the mark. It's, it's from an archery term, you you miss the bullseye. So we fall short every day. There's, there's not a man or a woman alive that's not sinned. What's vital for you to understand that if you die in your sin, you'll be eternally separated from God. Let me give you an example that everyone sinned today. Can, can I do that? Will you go with me? How many of you have ever told a white lie? Raise your hand. And now those that's not raising their hand are lying right now. <laughs> I love you, but that's the truth. If you understood what I said and you paid attention and you followed directions and you chose not to raise your hand, then you just lie. Why? Because everyone has lied. Amen? We've all sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. Now, why is that so vital? Look at Romans 6, 23, and I'm going to only read the beginning of the scripture for now, and I'm going to read the rest later. Look what it says. For the wages of sin is bam. So Adam and Eve, they sin, and guess what? There's a door that's open as soon as they chose to sin, and death is unleashed for the very first time. Was not God's first intention. God did not want them to sin. God did not want them to operate in death. But all of a sudden, they sin, and now death has entered into this beautiful place, followed by dark, nasty confusion and an arsenal from hell. Their eyes are now opened. And they can see that they are naked. And they put fig tree leaves on to cover their nakedness. Why? Because of shame. For the first time, man is experiencing shame and guilt and condemnation and all these terrible negative emotions straight from hell. How many millions of people have used cover-up schemes to cover up their shame. I wonder where we first got cover-up from. I wonder if it was not from Genesis covering up. All you got to do is watch the news a little bit, open the newspaper a little bit, and you'll find cover-ups pretty fast. Why does people choose to cover up? Because of shame. Embarrassment, guilt. They heard the sound of God walking in the garden and they went and they hid. Up to this point, they have a beautiful relationship with Father God, God, the maker of the heavens and painter of the skies. And he just loved them and they just talked together and related and he had just given them everything. And now all of a sudden they hear God walking in the garden and they hide. What's up? What's happened? Why's things changed? Genesis 3, 9 and 10. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now, not just shame, Adam and Eve hiding, fear. Fears entered the heart and woman of man. Shame, on and on and on. And I think God still asks the question today, his voice has not went away. The sound is still sounding. Where are you? Where are you? Are you still hiding from the Father? Are you in relationship with the Father? Are you buried in shame and guilt and confusion and depression and fear and anxiety? Where are you? First thing that humans kind of choose to do when sin is hide. Where are you today? Are you hiding in unbelief? Are you hiding in atheism? 
hiding out in some science that you're hiding from. God wants a relationship with you. This is why you were born. You, you're created to be in relationship with the Father of all creation. And then God, the first death becomes of, of an animal, and he takes and he makes tunics and he covers Adam and Eve. Then he drives them out of paradise. Because we've talked about this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but there's also a very, uh, another very important tree in the garden that we don't talk about a lot. It's uh, the tree of life. And now God doesn't want them to eat from this tree of life in the condition that they're in. So they're driven out of the garden. Adam and Eve, they conceive and they have their first little baby. And the first little baby firstborn is named Cain. And then later on, they conceive and have another little baby. Just think about it. Earth, family of three, now family of four, they have a baby named Abel. Abel and Cain begins to grow up, and, and they bring a sacrifice, a gift to God. Cain brings a sacrifice of fruit. Just like, kind of, it doesn't seem like his heart is connected with the sacrifice, because it says, and sacrifice or and gift. And then Abel brings, listen, the first of his flock. God respects Abel's sacrifice, but he doesn't respect Cain's sacrifice. What takes place? Cain just has a hissy fit. He gets angry. He begins to pout. Wah, wah, wah. And God's like, hey, man, I was, you know, hey, just do right. But if you don't do right, sin is crouching at your door and it's for you. You know what Adam, you know what uh, Cain does? Some of you, you know the story, but I want you to tie it in. I want to see you to tie in to see how it began. Cain goes and he kills his brother, the second child on the face of the earth that was born. He kills his baby brother. Why is that so vital? Because Adam and Eve is the one that opened that door. When they sinned, they opened a door for death. If it would have been for Adam and Eve, their son would have never done what he did, but he, they opened a door for sin, which allowed death to be unleashed, and now there's death. The blood of Abel is crying out from the ground. Imagine that in your life. Imagine you being Adam and Eve and four people on the face of the earth, and now one has killed the other. Death has escaped. Death arrested the life of Abel. Since then... Death has arrested many lives. All you got to do is drive by graveyards, look at the Vietnam War, look at the, the, all the wall and the Korean Wall, and on and on and on. Womb to the tomb, death has arrested people's lives. Arrested through abortions and miscarriages, kids, young kids and teenagers, mass shootings, Death has arrested many, many lives of all ages, young adults, the elderly. Death impacted my life. 
When I was eight years old, my parents were killed in a car wreck. Left me and my sister. We went to live with my grandparents in South Carolina. I don't like death. They had their associate pastors with them, and all four of them were killed, and their associate pastors left five orphans. I mean, now me and my sister's living in South Carolina, and now I'm 17, and she's 23. She's married, and she's pregnant, and I chase a siren. That's what you do in the South. Nothing to do. You live in a rural area, country. You hear an ambulance, fire truck, you chase it. I chase it with my buddy in his Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. We get to the, we get to the fire wreck. It wasn't a, a fire, it was a wreck. And I get out and the cars are so mangled. I've driven by there many or walked by there many a day or rode the bus by there, rode the bus by there all the time. And I get out of the car and there's my sister. She's laying beside the road. And she's dead. Death arrested many, many lives. It's tormented many, many lives. It's caused grievance and all those different negative things in many, many lives. Since the beginning of time, death has arrested many. The Bible says the grave is never satisfied. You have had friends that die of cancer, heart disease, car wrecks, they've died young, they've died old, and the grave is not ever satisfied. Proverbs 30, 16 says this, the grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. When, death, when Jesus walked on earth, death was full force. Just because Jesus was born, walked 33 and a half years, doesn't mean that de death was uh, raging when Jesus walked on the earth. And one day he heard about his friend Lazarus. Here Lazarus was sick. And uh, uh, Jesus does something very, very unique. Here's Lazarus right now. Come on up, Lazarus. Jesus does something very, very unique Jesus hears about his friend Lazarus, that he's sick, and he stays where he's at. Now listen, Jesus has healed the sick. Jesus has healed lepers. Jesus has opened blind eyes and epileptic and you name it. He cast out demons out of people's life. And, and Jesus, all he has to do is show up and he can do absolutely whatever Lazarus has got going on. Jesus could heal him. But Jesus chose to wait. And he finally broke the news to the disciples. Jesus, is, Jesus tells them, Lazarus is dead. He finally goes to the town Lazarus is at. He's friends with Lazarus, the way I read it. He's friends with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha's Lazarus' sisters, and man, he knows them. Jesus, Jesus, where have you been? You could have healed my brother. What? You've healed everyone else. He's our, he was your friend. 
That's exactly what Mary was saying. I'm going to read a few of the scriptures. It says this, John eleven twenty one. 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not have died. That's what he said. She knew what Jesus was very capable of doing. But Jesus didn't show up. There's a reason Jesus didn't show up. It's way more than a sickness. Jesus wants to show something else off that the world needs to know. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to rise again. I mean, in the last resurrection, he's going to rise again. No, no, no. Jesus begins to unfold the revelation. Jesus looks at her and said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's what Martha, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this today? Do you believe this? I'll do anything to convince you to believe. Because see, Jesus operates on the level of faith. It's not by what you see or what you feel is what you can believe today. Do you believe this? And so Jesus shows up and uh, he, he goes, take me to the tomb. And he goes to the tomb. And uh, Jesus, you know, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Now, I know you got some strong spices <laughs> and some incense and you've been putting all your mineral oils on him and all that kind of stuff. But in four days, that brother's probably ripe. Jesus, he's been dead for four days. <laughs> you know what Jesus does? He goes to the tomb, he prays, talks to the Father, and then he says this. Listen real close. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! Now, every word that Jesus says is very important. Because if Jesus wouldn't have said Lazarus, Every dead person on the face of the earth, we would have had a real true Michael Jackson thriller. All the dead in Japan and North America, Central, South, Russians, all over the place, the graves would have opened up and this place would have been filled with mummified people. But he says, Lazarus, come forth. Notice that he has grave clothing on. You know, people, they get born again in the church. They come. I think some of you are going to receive Christ today. That's, that's our prayers. And you know what's good about the church is we're here to help you along the way. Sometimes you can't do things by yourself. We're here to walk with you. People, I guarantee you, whatever you've done, I can show you three or four people that's been there, done that. And they can show you how to get over heroin and meth and, 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 and sexual addictions and you name it, you name it, you name it. And now Lazarus, he's alive, but the brother's all wrapped up. Loose him and let him go, Jesus said. Oh, yeah. Look at Lazarus right there, yo. Put your hands together for Lazarus. Come on. You, you should be smiling way more than that, Lazarus. Come on. Why didn't Jesus heal this cat? Why didn't Jesus, why did he wait? You know why? 
Because Jesus in that very moment wanted to let you know, I can arrest death. Death has no authority over Jesus. And if Jesus can arrest death, guess what? He can conquer cancer. He can deal with your addictions. He can take care of your hatred and your anger and whatever situation, the trouble that you're in, the good, the bad, if you're a millionaire, if you're welfare, anything in between. He is the God of the universe. If he can conquer death, he has conquered everything. There is nothing. There is, Cody, there is nothing too big for Jesus. You got diabetes, you got a heart problem, you're 75 years old and you've never known Jesus, I want to let you know, today's your day. Come on, you can be a new creation in Jesus Christ. I said all of that today to talk to you about Easter and Resurrection Sunday so you know it's more than bunnies and you know it's more than eggs. Why Jesus, why death, why resurrection? Because God stepped out of heaven. God himself did only what God could do. How did he step out? In the form of Jesus. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And he walked on earth for 33 and a half years. So what, J.O.? So what? He never sinned. Every man that's ever walked on the face of the earth, every, every girl, you name it, has sinned, but not Jesus. Why is that so powerful? Because it qualified him to be the greatest sacrifice. See, it's okay for a man to die for another man. That's good. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. No greater love than a man laid down his life for another. But Jesus, the spotless lamb, he comes to take away the sin of the world. He never sinned once. And he takes on your sin. Every white lie, every place your foot took you, everything that's come out of your mouth, every time you stole, every time you had a bad thought, Jesus takes it all on and he takes it to the cross. He takes it. To the cross. Well, J.O., you said that I'm, I, I, I'm dead, but I'm walking around and I'm moving. You are walking around and you are moving. But because you have sinned, death lives inside your mortal body. And you will be faced with death. Here's the question. Will you die once or twice? If you die once, physically die and you know Jesus Christ, the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> you, you, you only really want to die a physical death. And then you can be in heaven forever and ever and ever with Jesus because he lives inside of you. But a person who dies without Jesus, they die in their sin and they stay dead. They stay separated from God in what the Bible calls this place called hell. Well, hell was made for, listen, the devil and demons. Was it made for you and I? How do I know that? Because Jesus desires none should perish. You can't get to heaven one day and go, uh, 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 but Jesus, I didn't know. He'll say, oh yeah, you know that crazy bald-headed pastor? He told you. <laughs> 
You thought he was crazy and you got offended at him and you wanted to walk out. You didn't even know if you should believe him. But Jesus can say, hey, 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 he told you. No matter if you like me or not, I'm going to tell you today because I love you enough because Jesus desired none should perish and all would be his sons and daughters and he made the perfect way. He died for your sin. He took on your sin. 33 and a half years, last week we celebrated Passion Week and we prayed for you. And during the Passion Week, it's like kind of like spring break. But it wasn't a spring break. It just talks about a week. And during that week, the week prior of Jesus getting on the cross, I want to let you know he was spit upon for you. He was mocked. He was hit. Had a crown of thorns on his head. Every stinking wrong thought in this room. He was punished. He was lashed. Thorns, nails, a big spear in his side. Blood and water flowed. Stripes on his back. Isaiah prophesied about it years ago. Listen to this. Isaiah 43, 4 and 5. He prophesied what would take place with the Messiah for you and I. I'm not talking about the person beside you right now. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about we or they or we. I'm talking to you. I think everyone's called to make a choice and a decision today like Adam and Eve. It says this, surely he has borne our griefs, mine and yours. He carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He was stricken for you, smitten for you, afflicted. He was wounded for your and my transgression. What are transgressions? Sins. And then it says, bruised for our inequities. What are inequities? Evil and perversions. He did all that for you and I. He was striped on his back. Why? So that you could walk in divine heal and wholeness. He took on your sickness. He took on your disease. We can pray with great boldness. We can make room for the extravagant one to come and heal you. Why? Because he was striped on his back for your healing. Now Jesus is hanging on the cross. Friday, Good Friday's taking taking place, the Passion Week. Saturday, nothing has taken place. It's like, what's going on on Saturday when God is completely silent? And now, Sunday, today, the day after the Sabbath, the first day of the week, Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's went through all of those things. And the Bible says this in John 19, 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Finish means to end. Listen. To complete. To execute. And to conclude. Jesus is dead. Jesus had to do what he had to do. It is finished. 
He's taken on your sins. He is dead. The enemy is probably rejoicing. Hey, we conquered God finally. He's dead. Bible says this when this took place, Matthew 27, 51 through 54. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints, of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection. And they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. It is finished. It is finished. But how many of you know that just because something is finished doesn't mean that it's over? <laughs> it might be finished, but baby, it ain't over. It ain't over till it's over. And now it's Sunday, today. <laughs> John 21 through 7. And the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. And they saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and they do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple, check this out, com competition. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down, looking in and saw the living the linen clothes lying there, yet they didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came following, and he just went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the lion linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Isn't it kind of unique that Lazarus comes out Still in grave clothing. Jesus didn't come out with grave clothing, man. Lazarus is going to need this again. Jesus ain't never going to need this again. His stuff was folded. He'll never need it again because next week if you come hang out with us, you're going to see that Jesus, about 40 days later, ascended into heaven. 500 people or so saw him before, after the resurrection until he ascended into heaven. Come on, listen to this, Matthew 28, 5 through 6. But the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. And he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Can somebody say, death was arrested. Death was arrested. He began with Lazarus, 
and he rose others from the dead, but now Jesus himself for all mankind took on your sin. He defeated your sin and he took on your death so that you can live forever in heaven and death is arrested. Sin is defeated. You want to know what Easter's about? You want to know why Easter's the greatest day in history? Understand it's more than eggs and it's more than bunnies, but it's about what God did for all of humanity. And he says, will you believe this? Will you believe this? Because if you will believe, it will change everything. I told you I was going to finish the scripture, Romans 6, 23. Listen to this. You ready? Is that going to be behind me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got to read the first part. We're going to get to that in a minute. Here we go. Look, for the wages of sin is death. <laughs> but, 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 come on, the gift of God, the gift of God. It's what he always had for you and I in, in Genesis, in creation. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus arrested death with his perfect sacrificial life. He arrested death for you and I. Concluding. Bobby Hawk said this, I listened to him, he's a pastor, he said, there are folks that will spend eternity today, there are folks who will spend eternity with Jesus, and there are folks that can spend eternity with Jesus. It's appointed, the Bible says, for men to die once, but if you will live forever with Jesus or to be eternally separated from Jesus has everything to do with the decision that you make now. In Deuteronomy, the Bible says, basically, choose life. Will you choose life? I'm telling you to this day, will you choose life? Will you choose Jesus? This is called the gospel. This is called the good news. This is what God has done for me and you. You were created to be in relationship with God. All your life, you wonder, what am I to do here on earth? Why do I exist? You may have made millions. You may have had a great business. You may have done many, many, many things. But I want to tell you now, at the root of it all, you're created to be in relationship with the God of the universe. There's one way you can have a relationship with God through Jesus. As death was unleashed, Jesus arrested death. He's the way, the truth, and the life. How, 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 Jail? How do I, how do I do that? Glad you asked. You call on his name. You believe today. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Your name will be written in the book of life. I told you. When you have that one death experience and you know Jesus, you'll be in the presence of Jesus. 
To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm going to join some really cool family members and friends in heaven. How about you? How about you? Where are you today?